The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives, whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal, our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. My guest today is Stephanie Banks. Stephanie is a highly sought after intuitive channel, mentor, guide, and author who helps people connect on the soul level. She channels from the perspective of any soul currently on the planet, souls on the other side, purely non-physical beings such as spirit guides, as well as trees, animals, and Gaia. Hello, Stephanie. Thanks so much for being here today. Hi, Laura. Thank you. It's my pleasure and honor to join you. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you about channeling. I know that you are based on what I've read about you, looking on your website and everything. Channeling seems to be your jam. So I'm pretty excited to dive into that and talk to you about that. So if you can perhaps start us off by telling us what that journey into channeling looked like for you. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. And before I start, I'll define what channeling is to me. Perfect. Because I know we all have a different way of looking at things. So Mm -hmm. when I talk about channeling, I'm really referring to simply connecting to divine energy, wisdom, and spirit, as many of us call it. That's not something that I'm going outside of myself to do. That's something that I have learned to access from going to that deep, quiet, still space within me to bring forward messages, information, guidance, insight, and support from any perspective that we're calling forward. And the reason I came around to channeling was out of necessity. My mother was diagnosed with dementia, a type of dementia that affects younger people. Her symptoms began when she was in her 50s, and she had over a 15-year journey with Mm. it. So it was long and protracted and very, very challenging and difficult. In my clinical career as a speech therapist, I was very well-trained to work with people people who had dementia and cognitive disorders, but it's different when it's your mom. Of course. And so I was finding that our conversations were incredibly frustrating. We were missing each other all the time. I did not know what she wanted or needed from me. I was not feeling like I was presenting my best self to the 
communications because we didn't understand each other. At the time I had a best friend who was a channel and I begged her. I didn't have to beg her. She was happy to do it. But I said, please, will you channel my mom's soul for me? Because I don't know how to show up for her. Everything I'm trying is falling flat and I really need some guidance from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. That was my first exposure to being a recipient of channeling for someone that was very, very close to me. And it changed my entire relationship with my mother. It gave me insights and understanding as to how I could show up differently for her, how to journey with her, how to be part of the rest of this earthly experience. And now she's on the other side and we're in constant communication and conversation. And I realized if this can change my life and my relationship, I want to learn how to do it for me. And I want to learn how to teach others how to as well. Wow, that is fantastic. What an incredible journey you went on just to get to that point. I love that you thought outside of the box like that. Was that something that was already in your life, the spirituality and the knowing to connect with the soul? Or how did that come about as being an option for you? Yeah, out of desperation, honestly. Mm. I didn't feel like there was anything else that was working. All of my clinical books were not helping me too much. Sure. And lucky for me that I had this best friend at the time. Our friendship was fairly new. Mm. I had met her only months before asking her if she would please channel my mom Mm. for me. She was very generous with her gifts and she had invited me to groups in which she was channeling for other people present. And that was my very first exposure to this as a thing. It was not part of my upbringing. I've always felt very intuitive and very connected to the animals and to the trees, but I didn't define it as channeling. I figured everybody did that. But to see someone who embodied it in the way that she did and was able to make contact and connection with the ease that she did completely changed my perspective and my life and my profession. In fact, this is what I do exclusively professionally now. I'm no longer a clinician and I'm thrilled with that. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. What synchronistic timing to have her come into your life when she did. That brings me to another question that people may have. I know for myself personally, my experience when I've done readings for people, I have connected to those who are still living. And I'll ask, I have your grandma here. Is she passed? Like, no, she's still alive. I was like, well, that's weird. Why do I have her here? Does she have dementia? Yes, she does. Oh, okay. That's why. So can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit on how are we able to connect to the soul of somebody who's still living like in a mediumship reading, but they have dementia? Yeah. Well, honestly, I channel souls on the planet almost exclusively. I do mediumship as well, but really my jam, as you might say, my area of genius is channeling those that are here. So a large portion of my work is channeling for parents who want to hear from the soul perspective of their children. How can they support them, you know, no matter what age their children are. Or I work with couples actually who want to understand of each other. How am I here to support you in your soul's journey and where am I falling short? and what do you need from me? So it has endless application. And what I have found specifically about dementia is that, and this does surprise a lot of us because we look 
from the outside at someone with dementia and we feel and make presumptions that there's great suffering there and that the person is lost and that we need to reel them back in and ensure that they make eye contact with us and stay here and understand what day of the week it really is and who their name truly is, etc. And I'm not arguing that there's not suffering there, of course, but every time I channel someone who has Alzheimer's or dementia, they are in a grand place. They are expressing to me how much more freedom there is being in more of an expanded state instead of just a constricted, confined personality as we have known it, adhering to our roles and our ways of being. So it's more than what we think. There's more going on than what we believe. And we don't always have to reel them back in. In fact, I find it a lot more fun to join them where they are and see what their inner reality is and see if there's room for us in there. So I love that you're connecting with souls that are here because that just reiterates this whole idea of we are souls having these physical experiences. Of course, why can't we connect to other people's souls even if they're living? We don't have to wait till they've crossed over. I think that's fantastic. I've not heard of that happening very often, except for maybe instances like mine where it was on accident. Or I know animal communicators will communicate for people's animals and things like that too, which I think is Mm -hmm. just so lovely. So that's wonderful. So you've written a book about this, haven't you? I wrote a book that relates specifically to people who are struggling with a loved one who has dementia. And I should really say the book wrote itself because Mm. it did feel like I just had to give words and my own personal experiences, ideas, suggestions, and a little bit of a guide of sorts to those. But what I'm writing right now is a book about my personal journey as a channel and also how we use channeling and connection with spirit in all aspects of our lives Mm -hmm. and where and how to use it because it has such practical application in everything. As I said, from parenting to being in partnership to our professional lives, to our relationship to ourselves. Most of my clients, one of their first questions is, can you channel my higher self? I want to know what's going on. How am I doing on my path? Where am I on my journey? What am I missing? What do I need to attune to? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, get lots of questions like that too. So I wanted to ask then, what would you say the difference between mediumship and channeling is, if there is a difference? Yeah, the way I've learned it in terms of languaging about it is mediumship is connecting to ancestors and loved ones who are on the other side. So those who are no longer in physicality, but still obviously very present for us to support us on our journeys. And channeling is connecting to soul or to spirit, and that can be anywhere. That can be here, as we're talking about, and connecting to ourselves. It can be the presence just of spirit in any number of directions or beings that we can attune to. So is this something that you believe that anybody can do, the channeling? Anybody that wants to and is willing to put in that work to do. Yes, it's my firm belief. There are many people who have no interest Mm -hmm. in doing this. Great. (laughs) That it's fine. It's not for everybody, right? (laughs) But there are those who do very much wish to hone this skill. And I believe 
it's a six sensory thing. I believe it comes through the place of intuition and we can learn to trust our intuition. We can learn to hone that skill and access to it. And there are so many different ways to channel. Really, there's art and music and dance and movement and cooking mm-hmm. and the self-expression so many creative ways. So channeling comes in lots of different forms. And I like to tell the students that take my classes, I won't be able to teach you how to channel like me, but I can teach you how to channel like you. Mm, I I can teach you how to get out of your own way. And that's like 90%, in my opinion, of the journey. Oh, I 100% agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so channeling for lack of a better word, the physical and the living versus those who've passed. Okay, so I think that it could be very helpful for those of us that are still in the physical and living to hear what are some profound messages Mm -hmm. you have received from channeling either nature, animals, or even other people? What are some profound messages that you can share with us? Mm. Wow. (laughs) How to scan through, (laughs) right? (laughs) Honestly, every session is a profound revelation. Mm. So something that gets me really excited, and this might be because I am a parent and I know how challenging that is and how many times a day and a minute we question ourselves. Did I say the right thing? Am I making (laughs) the right decisions? Am I getting in my child's Mm -hmm. way? Am I impeding something about their journey? So what I always learn from and find beneficial is to hear from the perspective of the child's soul, whatever age they are. And oftentimes they are old souls in children's bodies. That just tends Mm -hmm. to be the type of people who come to my work are more mature or older souls. And hearing what they are asking from their parents, it's almost never what their parents think they need. And so sometimes someone will ask me a very practical question like, my three-year-old is not sleeping. She's waking up at all times. She won't go to bed. It's a problem (laughs) for the whole family when a young child can't sleep. And so I'll channel from the sole perspective of that child and she will say, these are the things I need to have in my room and the rituals that I want to engage in so that I can take back my power, enter into that open, vulnerable sleep state with more confidence and presence of protection or spirit. I would also like a book, you know, like a journal type thing, write down what I'm saying. I want to create some dreams to have so that I can have ideas for what to carry into my things that I never would have thought on my own. And I'm thinking in my mind, oh, Good idea. Thank you, soul. That is a really brilliant idea. And I might even try that with my own kids (laughs) at home. So there's a lot for me. I'm so pragmatic in nature that I really want it to be functional. I want to know where to apply it. I want to know how to make it usable. And those are the types of messages that come through our direct application. There are times when 
I'm working with a couple and one of their higher selves expresses something from a past lifetime that they've experienced together, which explains why they are having this repeated struggle in a particular way. It can be in the way that they are parenting, for example, or in the way that they are receiving the support Mm. from each other. And if they've had a past lifetime Mm -hmm. where there has been a betrayal, it really can explain the hesitancy or resistance to receive even though we're not thinking this, it's not on aware level, but we've had lifetimes before and we do bring in awareness of those experiences and they can influence and often do on a level that we don't have full awareness of. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. What are some messages that you've received from Gaia? Oh, Gaia. Oh, and if you can explain... What Gaia is, too, for people who may not know. (laughs) Gaia is Mother Earth. Gaia is our mother with a capital M. And my connection to her is so deep and so filled with love and emotion. I can feel, as a lot of people do, the pain of what our earth is going through right now. The behaviors that we as humans are exhibiting that is resulting in the destruction of our planet, in the decimation of the beautiful trees and living beings that share this home with us, the disconnection. It's a very painful disconnection that many humans are having with their mother. And we all have a mother. So we're talking about a human mother. When you are disconnected from your human mother, it can be very painful. And it is no different really when we're talking about our mother earth, when we are disconnected from her and the endless ways that she supports us, that she provides for us, We owe our life to her, (laughs) quite literally, because without her endless generosity, without her growing our food and providing the materials for our homes and our clothes and supporting us endlessly with clean air and water and all the things that are required for life, we would not be alive. We would not be able to survive. So we forget this. Humanity is really disconnected. Many of us, I would almost say most of us, are really disconnected from the harmonious relationship that I believe we're intended to have with Gaia. And so when I channel her, it is an opportunity for me to receive through language what she is requesting and requiring from humanity. It's always for me what she is transmitting and also for everyone. There's just global application to the messages that come through. Like many others, I consider myself to be an empath, and that extends to animals, plants, people, and the planet. So I feel the pain of the destruction that is ongoing. I feel the pain of the disconnection. I feel the pain of the species that we are losing in blinks of an eye, just so many exiting the planet because of human behavior. And so 
when I channel her, there is often a feeling, a sense, an understanding of the urgency that is a very real thing. She always communicates, we need to activate now. It's not a pressured thing. It's real. This is real. What we are facing, what we are here to do and how we're here to serve, the time is now. And so that's what a lot of the messages that come through are related to. I usually ask her before I tune in, how can I be of greater service? How can you use me and others? What can we do that will be in the highest support of what you need right now? And then I get direct messages, whether that's get your hands in the soil, plant plants, be part of the miracle of life at your own hands. And that will extend to your ability to connect with me, meaning Gaia. She's activated me in different groups, so organizations whose focus it is to regenerate the planet, to create forests again, to reforest, things of that nature. So it's my greatest honor, and I feel very humbled to be able to connect and channel Mother Earth because we're at a very critical time right now. Right, definitely. Does Gaia include animals, or is that a separate group? Yeah, that's a good question. In the way I see it, Gaia is the planet, Mother Earth as the planet. And then you have humans and you have animals and you have trees and plants and minerals and all the things that come from and grow Mm -hmm. from Gaia, from Mother Earth. You can see them all as a collective. That's perfect. Just see them. (laughs) Just connect with them. That's the whole point. What are some messages that you receive from the trees? Mm. It's a conversation when I'm channeling with trees. Oftentimes when I channel, it's me sitting still and I close my eyes and I open to receive. Then I'll speak the message that's coming through. With trees, what I find is that we are talking to each other. That's great fun. And so I might say, hey, beauty, how's it going today? In fact, just on my walk with my dog a couple hours ago, I looked up at a tree that I remembered having sat under and talking to one of my dear friends. And I looked up at this tree a couple hours ago and I said, you know my secrets. You were there when I had that that phone call. (laughs) And she said back to me with like a big wink, yep. I do. I know lots of secrets (laughs) and I hold them all. So it's this fun, beautiful, engaged way of being in reciprocity and conversation with trees Mm -hmm. that I love so much. When you are speaking to plants, does it sound like your voice? Is it a clear audience or just a clear cognizance? How does it come to you? I would have to call it clear audience. Of course, it's not through sound waves, Mm. but it is a hearing. That's how I often do. And when I am channeling for clients with my eyes closed, I am also seeing the visions and some movies play out. So there's that aspect to it as well. Does every plant have a different voice or do you have your clear audience voice and it's the same voice, but you know it comes Mm -hmm. from different beings? Yeah, I don't experience it like as a different pitch or cadence in that way. Mm. I just know and trust that who I am talking to is talking back to me. Got it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's with my channeling as well. The way that I work, I do not channel like 
whoever's here. I know a lot of people do that. They'll say, so-and-so is here. Let's bring that being in. The way I channel is on request. Ah. And so a client will tell me, I want to hear from great aunt Trudy. Great. I tune into great aunt Trudy or their higher self or their cat fluffy. And if they don't have a particular being or origin or spirit guide group that they want to call in or they don't know who to call in, then I will listen and ask and then I'll be able to tell them, okay, we're going to go to your higher self for this or we're going to go to your spirit guides towards relationships for this and channel from that perspective. But pretty much my clients guide the session in terms of letting me know who they want to hear from and what their question is. Oh, see, I love that method because I find that it just gets straight to the message. <laughs> no smoke and mirrors there. Yeah. It's exciting when you're like, oh, who? Oh, so-and-so is here. Oh, really? I was hoping to hear from them. I mean, it's exciting. But I also find that, hey, tell me who you want to talk to. Yeah. Let's connect. Let's get this message through and... Let's mm-hmm. get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I do appreciate that method for sure. I do find that it's just mm-hmm. as effective in getting messages through. Yes. And for me, it's less noisy oh, sure. because otherwise they're competing. There are a lot of, yo, over here, wait, <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It can get really crowded. So you mentioned trusting what comes through. What was that process like for you learning to trust what you were channeling? Mm. I first started to recognize that I was even receiving messages when I was with this best friend of mine and I would accompany her to the groups. And I was the timekeeper and I kept us organized and all the practical matters. And she would do the channeling of all the messages. And I would listen and be part of it and really in it, but I didn't ever try to channel anything, I assumed that was just her gift. Ah, I assumed I could not do that. So when I started to actually hear messages as she was also channeling, and oftentimes they were right in alignment, I would have the sense for it. And immediately she would channel what I just saw or sensed or felt coming. That spooked me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we do when we tap into something that we didn't know we had as a possible gift or a skill we could learn. We or I tended to discount it or downplay it and say, I I think I'm just tired tonight. That's probably why I feel very permeable or I'm making this up or I'm not sure I can trust it. But it got to the point where I was curious enough about it that I decided to take some formal classes. And so I went to Sonia Choquette's trainings. Mm -hmm. I took all of her trainings through the teacher training. So that was a series of increasing in difficulty and depth in terms of our learning to channel, learning to hone our psychic mediumship skills. And then I remember being in the carpool line to pick up my kids. I had just finished her highest level training and I said to my spirit guides, okay, what's the next class I should take? Because I still need to learn a lot. And I could feel them laughing. (laughs) And they said, oh, sweetheart, no more classes right now. You get out there and serve the people. You know enough to be of great use and value and healing Mm. to the people. So that shocked me. And I was definitely resistant of that because my ego wants to make sure I get it right. 
there is that very powerful part of us. And as a clinician, I know I can get it right because I have all the data and the studies and I know the practice, but as a channel, there is no right or wrong. I mean, there's evidential, absolutely. But it's a trap, really, in terms of thinking right versus wrong. And that can also Mm -hmm. separate us from even connecting to spirit if we are so afraid that we're going to be wrong or get it wrong. So I said to my guides, okay, really, if you think so, then I'm willing to serve. But I need for you all to be the gatekeepers so that I'm really only serving those that are a close match to my own frequency. I had a lot of concern that I might be required to serve people who were in a much lower vibrational field, and that made me very uneasy, or energies. As Sonia calls it, riffraff, the noise, the low vibes. Mm. And my guide said, no problem, sister, we got your back. And within an hour, I got a phone call from my first Mm. paying client. I'm not even exaggerating. gosh, you just had to give the okay. And it was like the floodgates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to know that um, my network was there. My guidance system was going to really help me totally. to stay protected. Yeah. hundred percent. So how did you meet your guides or get to know your spirit guides? Through the classes, really. When you have a good mm. teacher, they set up, we, because <laughs> I am a good teacher too, we set up opportunities for practice. And that practice comes through meeting your spiritual network, your energetic support team, whether you use a pendulum, which I also teach people how to get guides to spell out their names with their pendulum, Mm. or whether you are doing some automatic writing or whatever the tools are that you're practicing with. Connecting to your team is foundational in terms of you being able to trust yourself as you move deeper into yeah. this sphere. So I forgot your question, but <laughs> but that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. So you said you met your guides through your class. <laughs> yes. Okay. So my guides got to know me during the process of me continuing to show up for the classes and for the practice that the classes were mm. encouraging us towards. And through their regular presence, because the guides show up always rain or shine, no matter what, I built that faith and that beautiful relationship, trusting relationship in them. I love that you said that you gave permission to do this work only if those who had a matching frequency to yours came to you. I know for myself, when I first started mediumship work, I was a little bit scared, like, oh my gosh, am I going to start to see dead people or ghosts or whatever? And I was really worried about that. And I relied heavily on my guides and some other members of my soul team as well to, like you said, be the gatekeepers. You bring to me who I meant to help and only if they are of a higher vibration, something similar to that. I can't remember. It's been a few years, but same thing where if you want to do something or you want to do something a certain way, you put it out there, let your guides know, and they can help make it happen if it's meant to happen and for your highest and best good. But I love that you rely on your spiritual network, you call it, I call it soul team, to work with you. Why not? Why not? We don't have to do this on our own. It was not our calling all on our own. So why not? That's right. And we're never alone. 
ever, yes. ever alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have found that, well, first of all, I think that for me, when I am channeling, it is one of the most vulnerable places I can go because I have no control. I have no control over what's coming through, what will be said or shared, how long the message will be, whether or not it will resonate or feel relevant to the person I'm channeling for. Mm -hmm. I have no control whatsoever. I hate that feeling. I'll be honest. (laughs) I love the feeling of channeling. I'm saying the feeling of having absolutely no control is very uncomfortable. I have come Mm. to appreciate it and enjoy the freedom and the release that comes with it. Mm. But initially, when we're in a world of right and wrong, to be able to just be open to what is there and not know how it's going to land. That is the biggest challenge. And that's a very vulnerable place to be and to continue to show up. And I am delighted to, there's no place I'd rather be than channeling. So I love it. And I enter into that space with a full and trusting heart now, but it took a while to get there. So do you let your clients know whatever I say or whatever comes through me, you're meant to hear, like you don't filter anything. Because I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to say that. And then other people are like, well, it's not up to me to decide what message gets relayed or not. Spirit wants me to relay it. So where are you on that spectrum? It sounds like you're like, hey, whatever comes through, that's it. But I'm curious, where are you on that spectrum? Well, another agreement I have with my guides, and they have never, ever, ever let me down here, is that they will only bring through what will be of service, highest service, and the highest vibrational loving energy to my client. Mm, Yes. So I do not have any concern or worry that something damaging is going to come through. I know that I'm channeling from the fifth dimensional unity consciousness that is pure love. So I trust what comes through is going to be of great, beautiful service to them. I don't always know if they will connect with it immediately, but I do trust that at some point in time they will. And I really do leave that to my guides as well to know what the person is ready to hear. There are some moments where I will have a sense for something that isn't to be shared Mm. and they let me know. That does not happen very often. It will just be like, how can I describe it? I'm sure you understand this. I might be channeling something and I'll have a glimpse into, oh, something challenging, heavy, difficult, painful was going on at that time. But it's not part of the message that's coming through. It's just part for me to understand. And so I don't have to channel that for them. I'm always given the guidance of this is for you, not for them. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. flow that comes through me in language is for them. And I do trust that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, I get what you're saying. It's almost like to give you background or some sort of knowledge on how to deliver the message. And I just love that you set the tone from the beginning that it's going to be high vibrational, only for the highest and best good. And I think it just takes that extra energy that you don't need to put into, oh, should I say this? Should I not? So I think that that's a really great way to lay that foundation for any sort of session. So great advice. Thank you for sharing that. So this has just been fantastic. And I'm sure there's so much more we could talk about. But to be conscientious of our time, (laughs) to help wrap up our interview, Stephanie, I was wondering if there was a message from 
the other side, your guides, higher self, whoever you tend to connect to, that you could share with the listener for the time that they hear this episode? Okay, absolutely. So I will tell everybody this. We all have spirit guides. There's no question in my mind about that. Your spirit guides, dear listeners, they want a closer relationship with you. They want ongoing conversations with you. They want to help you stop taking yourself and your life so seriously and infuse joy and wonder and awe and miracles everywhere. And the best way to do this is to enter into more frequent conversations with them Ask for more support, recognize when you receive it, celebrate them and you, and it carries forward from there. So for all of us, this is just good advice. We're never alone. We're always loved. We're always supported. We always have an entire team of truly countless beings who are on our side and doing work that we don't even know about on our behalf. I have the biggest smile on my face because I swear we are on the same mission, Stephanie. I love that. I share that same message. So thank you for doing this work with me (laughs) (laughs) and many others out there too. Oh, Stephanie, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, sharing your story and your truth and your journey with us so far. I really appreciate you. So thank you so much. Thank you too, Laura. I appreciate you beyond. And that was another episode of a Guided Life podcast. To connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash guided west. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.